0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. We are welcoming journalist and book author Jen Miller, whose work you may have read in the New York Times as she writes their weekly running newsletter. And Jen is going to tell us how she got started as a runner and how we can get ourselves out there to do the same, or if we're already running or walking, how we can make it even better. So Jen, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast.
1: Hello.
0: So I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about yourself before we get going. So you are an award-winning freelance writer and author. I love the fact that you are a regular contributor to the New York Times because that's the paper I read every day.
1: Oh, well, thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I just signed up for your weekly running newsletter. Oh, hooray. Jen has also written for the Washington Post, Runner's World, which is huge in the running world. Outline, The Guardian, Self, BuzzFeed, The Goods, Philadelphia Inquirer, among many others. She's also a science and technology writer, so running and science and technology, and she often writes for medical and scientific media. She has two books that I know of. One of them is called Running a Love Story, and she's a graduate of the University of Tampa and then earned her master's degree from Rutgers which is the State University of New Jersey, and New Jersey is where she lives. So we're so happy to have you on today.
1: I'm happy to be talking to you, even though I'm not in New Jersey right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so this episode is posting on July 12th, but we pre-tape a lot of our interviews, so we're actually talking on June 5th, and I guess it's National Running Day and it's Global Running Day. Like, I see both hashtags on Twitter.
1: Yes, it started as national, then it went global.
0: Well, that makes sense. So I just subscribed to your weekly newsletter last week. So I think I've gotten it once so far. And you said you were off traveling without a specific itinerary. Yes. I love that. I do that too. <laughs>
1: well, I um, I had uh, wanted to drive to Death Valley. Um, I had started making plans for this late last year, and I was going to go in April. But then on Valentine's Day, I was diagnosed with a stress fracture of the tibia in my right leg so i had to push it back and uh we're going to death valley in the summer it's going to be 102 degrees when i'm there i am uh currently in kingman arizona so i will be there in a couple of days it's okay i'll will figure it out um but the way that i do road trips is that i sort of have dates that i have to be certain places but in between i sort of figure it out which is how i ended up in kingman last night and running in the desert heat this morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, sometimes my husband and I will travel somewhere and we'll have reservations for the beginning of the trip. Well, you know, we'll have a round trip airfare, but we won't have reservations for hotels for the whole trip and that way if we like where we are, we can just extend and not feel obligated to move on. So, but these days with the internet and cell phones and it's so easy to be spontaneous like that.
1: Yeah, sometimes I'll I'll wake up in a hotel somewhere and Pull out Google Maps and say, "Okay, where do I want to stay tonight?" Um, The big part of this trip is that I'm meeting my father and my sister in Disneyland, Um, so I have to be there when they get there, and that was sort of the only finite thing I had to do. Do
0: you have Star Wars tickets? We do. Oh my gosh! I guess that's because you work for the New York Times and you have connections. No,
1: no, 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 no! I don't take favors. Uh, (laughs) It's because my dad, my dad uh, has retired, and he wanted to go to Disneyland, so he he booked the Disneyland Hotel, which automatically comes with reservations. So Ah. we did it. You know, I don't take favors. That's, you know, I want to be an ethical journalist. So it just so happened that because we're staying at the hotel, they gave us reservations.
0: Yeah, I hear that you have to book like a year ahead if you're not staying at a Disneyland hotel. So that's exciting. All right, we're going to talk about running today. Okay. Because you gave us a wonderful story for our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good. Which we called running for good for three reasons. Yes, it's good for your body. Also good for your head, right? Good for your brain and your mind. And also that you can run for good causes to raise awareness or to raise funds. But your story was about something that happens to a lot of people. You got stung by a bee or maybe it was a wasp.
1: Well, I got stung by something. Yeah. Um, I I have a friend who has beehives and she said, it wasn't a bee. And I'm like, all right, well, something me. Um, I had just come home from another long road trip uh, the summer of 2017. I went to see all the states I had, all the 18 states I hadn't been to yet. And I didn't forget that I was running the New York City Marathon that fall, but I had not trained like I should have. I was out running on an October morning about a month before the marathon. And it was an unusually hot day. And I was almost done, and I was doing that thing where I didn't quite finish the mileage, so I was running up and down the street um, to get the mileage in close to my mom's house where I was staying at the time, and I got stung by something in my back. And what I wrote about was the whole cascade of events that happened after that because when I came back to my mother's house, um, I was worried that I was going to have an allergic reaction, not because I have shown to be allergic to bees, but because I have other allergies, I'm allergic to eggs, you know, that sort of thing. And I know allergies can change as you age. So it was sort of this rush to make sure I wasn't going to go into anaphylactic shock. And in that period, I did not eat or drink anything. So things happened from there.
0: I know that you could never be allergic to stings. And it probably was a wasp, not a bee. But right. But you could be never allergic, and then all of a sudden, like, your quota, you know, you're allowed six stings until you react, so I always take a Benadryl also. But you have a cautionary tale about taking Benadryl, and I think it's worth passing it on to everybody.
1: So um, I took two Benadryl, and she put meat tenderizer on the sting, and uh, I just sort of laid down on the ground, and on that big road trip, I had adopted a dog who was just sort of staring at me, like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> um and so uh, I then realized that I had just run about seven miles and I hadn't eaten or, or had any water. So I was trying to eat and drink like while on the floor and my mom went to work and she said, are you going to be okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Obviously I'm not having a reaction. I'm going to, you know, answer some emails and then take a shower and take a nap. Cause obviously I'd just taken Benadryl and I was sitting at the dining room table with my laptop after she left. And then, uh, I woke up on the ground. (laughs) Um, I had passed out, and in the process of falling out of the chair, had hit my head and then knocked myself out, (laughs) which was, you know, my new dog sort of stared at me because she's definitely not Lassie. So if you're going to take Benadryl after being stung by something, please also make sure that you eat or drink something because you don't want to have to make that phone call. Uh, My mom turned around from her commute to work and took me to the doctor who said I was fine. So...
0: Yeah. You know, I always carry Benadryl with me, not just in case I get stung, but in case I see somebody get stung. I just, yeah, it's like a Mary Poppins thing I do. I always have Benadryl with me in case, and I've used it. I've given it to people.
1: I have it in my bag here um, for my trip. And actually, I do run with salt tabs, and I have given them to people if they're struggling in a hot race, which they've appreciated. So I do have salt tabs.
0: All right. We're going to stop for a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about mere mortals running and walking, not crazy people like Jen, who does ultra marathons in 100 degree (laughs) weather. So we're going to be right back. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own
1: workflow or using a pre-made template, With Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. (laughs) Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own
0: amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. We're back with Jen Miller, the New York Times writer about running, as well as all the other things she writes about. And we've been talking about bee stings, really wasp stings, but we all call them bee stings, and Benadryl and how she's a crazy ultramarathoner, which most of us are not. So now we're going to talk about regular people, mere mortals who just want to run a 5K or walk a 5K. Can you give us some tips for how to get out there? Because I feel like it's summer. I know we have people listening who want to get out there and they just don't know how to get started.
1: Sure. Well, I am, um, as I said, recovering from a stress injury, uh, stress fracture, actually, and I couldn't run for 84 days. So I feel like I'm starting all over again. The way that I recommend people to start running is my father actually did this. He ran his first 5K in his 60s is to check out Couch to 5K. I know that a lot of people like it. A lot of people don't. The other suggestion that I have, which is what I'm actually doing right now, is not to focus so much on mileage, but to focus on time. So my goal with this trip, I'm just back to running, I'm out of shape, I feel out of shape, I feel very flumpy, at least go out and run 20 minutes a day. That's it. Now, that's coming from someone who has run for more than a decade, starting over again after an injury. Uh, my mother is also a runner. She also ran her first race in her 60s and is going to run the New York City Marathon with me in November. And the way she started was run, walk, run. There's nothing wrong with, with mixing walking and running. I did it this morning because I'm running in <laughs> very hot weather. I did it yesterday when I was in Co- Colorado and running at 6,500 feet. So there's no shame in it. There's absolutely no shame in walking. So you got to walk before you can run. Um, so if you start it by walking and then throw in a couple of walk- uh, running jaunts in there for a couple minutes or even just – walk for five minutes, run for a minute, walk for another five minutes. Eventually you will get up to the point where you flip it and you're running more than you're walking. And you may always run, walk, run. There's nothing wrong with that, but you also might start running and then never stop. The other thing I recommend to people is to sign up for a race. That means you're putting a commitment towards running. So you can sign up for a race and say, okay, I have this goal. I want to make this goal. Put it on your social media so you feel accountable. It will give you a reason to train. And other people might pressure you to train or say, how's your training going? Um, And even if you don't actually make it to that race, at least you'll have started something.
0: So let me ask you a question. Are there some people who should just stay with walking and shouldn't try to run because of age or size or bad knees, whatever? Do you come across people who just stay brisk walkers forever
1: Sure. Um, you know, the funny thing is people think that I'm going to try to convert them into to a runner if they say, well, I don't like running. Okay. I mean, I don't like biking. So, you know, I don't like yoga. I'm not going to, you know, if somebody tries to pressure me into doing either one of those things, I'm going to get really angry with them. What I, and I made my father do this before he started running, is to go get a physical um, just to make sure that you are okay to do this kind of activity if you haven't done it in a long while or have never done it in the case of both of my parents. There are doctors who think running is really bad for you no matter what, and I hope you don't have that doctor. I have a friend who is, has completed multiple Ironman competitions whose doctor told her that she shouldn't run because she won't be able to have kids.
0: Are you kidding me? That's crazy.
1: This has happened recently. This is, you know, this didn't happen in the 70s. What I tell people if they're not sure if they're going to be able to run is get a physical and then try it. If you try it and it doesn't work, or you're having a lot of pain, or it's not for you, that's totally fine. Running is not for everyone. I mean, I never thought I'd run a marathon and then I ran a marathon, but I have friends who have tried it and it didn't work out and they just stick to half marathon. Nothing wrong with that. I feel like if you if you try and it doesn't work out, at least you tried and you know. You know, it's, it's easy to get caught up in these inspirational stories of somebody who has this condition ran a marathon or somebody who has this condition ran across the desert. You know, that's great, but that doesn't mean that everyone has to do it.
0: Yeah. So I like this idea about couch to 5K because if you just need to get off the couch and out there, get out there, do a 5K, whether you're running or walking, you're doing three miles and that's a great start. Is that a website, couch to 5K?
1: You can just Google it. Okay. it's, it's I think it's on the Cool Runnings website, but it's extremely popular.
0: Yeah. And I use this free app called Map My Walk and I like that because then I can at least see how far I've gone, and I can say, okay, I want a two-mile walk, I want a three-mile walk, whatever it is. I like that. And I like your idea about walking and then running and mixing it up with the amount of time you want for each one. That makes a lot of sense as well.
1: And if you're concerned about weight, I know that a lot of people say they can't run because they don't think their body can handle it. Starting with walking is a good way to sort of figure that out. And also, if if you're not active at all and you start walking or brisk walking, it's quite possible you're going to lose some of that weight and that it'll make it easier to run from there.
0: So let me ask you a final question, which is, how do you decide what to put in your weekly newsletter in The New York Times?
1: It's a good question because I just was scratching my head about what I wrote about this morning. Um, Sometimes it's based on what's in the news. So Lindsay Krauss of The New York Times recently did a series about um, Nike's maternity policy or lack thereof. So I I wrote about that because it was something a lot of people were talking about in the running world. And I wanted to offer sort of a wider view of what was happening with other brands deciding what to do. And eventually Nike decided to offer protections for pregnant professional runners. Sometimes it's just what I'm doing here. I wrote this week's column about things we'll be thinking about for vacation and running. So, you know, I wrote a little bit about running on vacation, which I've written about before, but put it in the context of how I'm recovering from a stress fracture at the same time as driving across the country. Some are are book reads, that sort of thing. And sometimes my editor will say, hey, can you write about this? Or I'll go to my editor and say, I have nothing to write about. What do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Or there's there's a bunch of people within the running industry. So if I'm really stuck, I ask them what for example, a running store owner, what are your customers talking about? Or a running coach, what are your clients talking about or worried about or what do they want answered that I can look into? So it's it's a whole bunch of things.
0: Well, now you have your your copies of Chicken Soup for the Soul Running for Good and you got 101 stories in there. So you'll probably as you read those stories, pick up a lot of themes because we <laughs> we make those books so close to publication date that those are really fresh stories that were just written in the last few months. So those will give you a good sense of what today's runners are thinking about. Yeah, because we have a lot of people and they're talking about running for causes also and to raise awareness. And I don't know if that's growing, the running for a cause, but I think it's probably growing every year, isn't it?
1: I think it's grown as running has grown um, as as we entered sort of the second running boom. And um, it became more, less of a sport for skinny white dudes and more of a sport for everyone. So there's definitely millions and millions of dollars being raised by runners, um, and I yeah it's definitely been growing along with the sport.
0: I wonder how social media has changed running to the extent that people want to post videos of themselves crossing the finish line or selfies. And I wonder if they're actually oh, doing the running. You hit the nerve there, <laughs> right? Well, no, I I I can't stand it now. I go on vacation now and I never take a single picture because I'm so. Turned off by all the people doing selfies and posing for pictures and getting in the way and falling off cliffs because they were taking a selfie. So I never take any pictures now, which is which is a terrible overreaction.
1: I well, I wrote a story in 2016 about how cell phones were chasing, changing running, and part of it addressed how race organizers know that people carry their phones, so if there's like an um, emergency during the race that they can alert everyone, like that sort of thing. But I also wrote about, you know. Races have policies about how you're not supposed to do this stuff, like the Disney races ban selfie sticks, and that's a very social media-friendly race. I just ask that people don't do it in the middle of the race because I've I've collided with people. I've seen someone get pushed off a race course because the person in front of them was, was taking a selfie while running. Um, I've seen people like link hands to cross the finish line, but link across the whole finish line so that people behind them couldn't finish just because they wanted a good picture. I've seen people run through the finish multiple times so they can get multiple pictures. Please stop doing that.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh, that is so obnoxious. I think they should just ban the cell phones. That's horrible.
1: You're never going to ban cell phones from races. You're just not, especially given what happened at the Boston Marathon bombing and people wanting to be able to reach their family. Yeah, I just think it's people should be conscientious that it's not just their race course that they're sharing it with a lot of people.
0: I think you have a column idea for a rainy day. You could pull this one oh. out again. And it's 2019. It's been three years. I think you could do it again. You have fresh readers now.
1: We'll, we'll see what happens in the next race I run. Who knows? Maybe it'll happen to me. All
0: right. Well, this was great. I really appreciate you doing this podcast with us while you're traveling. Uh, where can people learn more about you?
1: Jenamiller.com is my website and also they can follow me on Twitter. It is B Y Jen A Miller.
0: Okay, that is great. Well, thank you, Jen Miller, and I'm Amy Newmark. Thank you for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. I'm sharing stories from this wonderful book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good, all summer. Some of the episodes have already posted and others are coming so you can sign up for the chicken soup for the soul podcast you can listen to these episodes while you're running or walking scroll back to listen to some of the past episodes and we'll be sharing stories from the book in our free daily email as well go to chickensoup.com click on the podcast button and sign up for the newsletter you can sign up for the daily story newsletter or our three weekly newsletters where we have stories about pets stories about busy moms stories about fighting cancer. Jen, thank you again and have a wonderful time in Death Valley.
1: Thanks.